0: is a podcast focused on hearing about the business truths, tools, and tips others can't do without. After interviewing hundreds of people for their LinkedIn profiles and talking with thousands of people looking to use professional platforms more strategically, I've had the pleasure of meeting and getting to know people that lead, create, and engage within their companies and in their communities with great intention, abundance, focus, and sheer grit. I want to share their stories so that you can gain insight from a variety of people, not just the podcast and tech rock stars that have become household names. Rather, let's focus on the people whose stories influence those around them, and maybe even you. Everyone has indispensable truths, tools, and tips, even if they haven't realized it yet. And while this podcast isn't about LinkedIn and how to use it, it may weave its way in from time to time. It is, after all, our favorite platform for networking and doing business. Come, join us, and get to know some of my colleagues, clients, friends, and neighbors. Hi, everyone. It's Colleen McKenna from Intero Advisory, and welcome to Indispensable, a podcast centered on the business truths, tools, and tips you can't live without. And today, I'm so excited to bring Helen Todd, who is the CEO of Sociality Squared to the podcast. Um, Helen and I met several years ago, and although we've really only met twice in person, I feel like I know Helen pretty well from the work that she does and from who she is online. So welcome, Helen. I'm so excited to talk with you today.
1: Yeah, thank you, Colleen. I'm super excited to be here, so thank you for the invitation and for having me.
0: Absolutely. So let's jump in. First of all, happy anniversary. Your company is nine years old. February 26 was your ninth anniversary. Tell us a little bit about the work that you do and what those nine years have looked like for you.
1: Yeah, well, thank you. Uh, it's exciting and we're, we're gearing up for a big party for, for next year, for year 10. Uh, but yeah, Sociality Squared, we're a full-service social media agency uh, founded here in New York City. We, our clients look to us as their outsourced social media department. So we do everything from strategy to content creation to community management and publishing um, and all the promotions and social ads that go into it. And we really look to our, part, uh, our clients as partners because their success is definitely our success too. Um, yeah and it's been really exciting I mean when when I jumped into uh, forming a company uh, I was 26 years old I think so i I didn't really fully know what I was getting myself into but it's it's been a wonderful ride to uh, you know see social the industry of social media change over the years and also get to you know, grow uh, personally and professionally and get to know the ins and outs of running a company
0: right and when you know, I don't know that there's really too many spaces other than the space that you're in that has changed as rapidly as it's changed over the last five, six, nine years, right? And you were really one of the first people that I know of that really formed a social media agency, What was the impetus behind that? What made you want to start your own agency in social media?
1: Yeah, it's it's a funny story. I was actually fired from my first job.
0: (laughs) You go, girl.
1: (laughs) Yeah, no, I I went straight from undergrad to grad school and got a a master's degree in integrated marketing communication. And that was right around the time um, say, I graduated, like 2008, 2009, um, when social media was just uh, kind of opening up to the business world beyond uh, just, you know, Facebook was just open to colleges. Uh, and then right around that time opened up to businesses. And I started off doing SEO consulting for a friend and it was basically, I just knew a little bit more than she did. So she uh, was paying me and landed my first job, which was, you know, I would say at that time there's probably only a handful of social media agencies um, and loved it it was one of those things where the industry and the company was growing so fast and uh it was a you know family owned business too which comes with its own uh you know ups and downs but after 10 months yeah i i loved everything about it and uh <laughs> they they didn't uh, agree or Let's see. How should I say that? Uh, yeah. Anyway, after 10 months, we parted ways. And then the next morning, I woke up at 5 in the morning with a domain idea. And then before mm-hmm. I knew it, I was you know, signing paperwork and had founded a company.
0: Wow. And really, we're one, one of the first people to look at emerging. Like, you love emerging technology, right? So you became a Facebook expert very quick oh, out yeah. of the gate. <laughs>
1: I mean, yeah, I'm a big nerd at the end of the day. Uh, I, I remember the first day that I learned about Facebook. It was actually on the college campus. I was going into a, a government student government meeting, this kid ran up to me, and he was like, um, Helen, you better get the student body onto Facebook. If we have, I don't know, it sounded like 35 or 70 email addresses, they'll give us a xavier.facebook.com account. And then just, like, after that, it really just spread, like, wildfire. So I was using it personally, as, you know, most people interact on social networking sites for personal use. And it just enriched my life so much. And it was just, like, that perfect timing of uh, career meeting personal, uh, you know, interests overlapping. And, yeah, I think one of the things I like about it, is it's kind of at the forefront of how we're connecting uh as humans and getting the whole world connected together in a way that we haven't seen before. And then you know what what's next? You know, how are we gonna continue connect? And I think you know it's a very interesting time given the current geopolitical uh climate uh where we're also taking a step back. Like what what is the actual impact of all of this? And then just seeing how it evolves. we're seeing a lot more messaging. Uh, We're playing around with AI versus human interface, especially when you're looking at the customer service side of things. Uh, We're going, we went from voice to text and now back to voice again. Um, So, yeah, it's all of the new trends and, you know, what the future holds for us is definitely exciting.
0: Well, and what's also interesting to me is how you, um, one of your handles is Helen Travels. Right, I, So I actually never really know where you are. I think I start every conversation with you, like, where are you? What city? What country are you in? Because you you are very mobile in that way, and, and so just personally, but you seem to have created this um, really great space where you bring who you are as a person together with who you are as a business, and I, then I think you share that with your clients and help them do the same. So it's not to me when I look at the work that you do, not all about um, you know trying to game the system, but to tell your story.
1: Yeah, I agree with that, and I appreciate you saying that. Thank you.
0: And you know, on your website, and you know, please um, check out Helen's website. We'll have all of those links in the show notes. But I love the the line: all stories involve a little magic including our own. So can you expand on just that all stories involve a little magic and how that relates to the work that you do?
1: Yeah, sure. Um, and what you're seeing right now is, uh, we've got a landing page up on the website as a in-between teaser because we're actually in the process of relaunching our website. And by the time this airs, uh, who's ever listening, uh, should be able to see our brand new, fresh uh, website, which I'm very excited to get out into the world. Uh, Yeah, but I mean, there's magic about people coming together and what connects us. And one of the, one of those ways is the stories. It's our brains actually light up differently when we hear stories. Um, so it's just one of those things that, you know, since humans have had language and have been able to talk and communicate, uh, we share, you know, what we've learned, we connect through humor, we share stories about what, you know, morality, what to do, what not to do. Um, and, and there's a magic in, in the stories um, and how they resonate with people and on an individual level and a universal level. So we we get to play into that. Uh, you know, for our clients and their stories and bringing them alive online. And I think one thing that's really exciting when you apply that to social media is that one story can be told in many different ways and in many different formats. And uh, there's so many like tools in the toolbox and, you know, content creator, you know, it's like a, a playground right now with all the different ways to uh forms of expressions and ways to tell stories whether it's the new uh hot product instagram stories um which is kind of like taking through a book almost um you know you, we've got gifts and we've got cinemagraphs um full-length video and short images to pop in the feed So it's, it's fun taking one story and figuring out how to tell it in multiple ways and all on these platforms and in the way that people are consuming the content on the platforms. Um, So yeah, there, there's, uh, there's a lot of magic uh, around that, especially when you do it right.
0: Right. And there's so much that I want to take out of what you just talked about, but um, would you agree that at this point in time that. Really, having a strategy for the various platforms is pretty critical to make a dent, to see success, to be able to have measurable results.
1: Yeah, I mean, it it always, I always have to start with, you know, what is your goal? And yeah, what are you trying to achieve? And what are your, you know, resources? it's better to do one channel really well than spread yourself too thin and not be able to, you know, handle four or five platforms. And, you know, which channel is your audience on? I mean, clearly your, uh, your go-to space is LinkedIn. Um, but you know, consumer facing brands might not need to be on LinkedIn mm-hmm. as much as they need to be on Instagram, but you know, having a, a strategy for social and not posting just cause you have to, you know, I, <laughs> and this is what we do. So I'm a big advocate and believe in, um, in the power of social media to help people grow their businesses too.
0: Right. And, and that piece on connecting, right. And how we are social beings. And so we like to connect another, I think uh, another of your favorite, um, topics. Um, and Helen is a speaker and she was just most recently at South by Southwest in March. Um, you talked about food, so share with us a little bit about how you see food and and your um, interest in what you're doing around food, as it relates to your work.
1: Yeah, personally, I love food. I love to eat. <laughs> <Like> people do, <laughs> and we love food. So We like uh, you know working with food clients. Um, it's something that definitely brings a lot of um, pleasure into our lives. Um, but yeah, I mean food. When people come around the table, it's one of the very first, you know, social networks of people coming and just talking and sharing stories around, around meals. And it's, it's an intimate thing of what you're putting in your mouth and being able to share that. At, at South by Southwest this past year, uh, the, the title of the panel was uh, Tomorrow's Perfect Food Narrative. And we really were looking at, it, it actually came from, previous year where I spoke on uh, the era of camera first food, kind of our, our digital relationship with food. And uh, I, I'm a, i am take photos all the time of food and it's part of our identity. It's, um, you know, a reflection of our values of what we're eating and how we're eating it. And one of the um, subtopics for was the plate as a platform. And that really grew into this past year's panel of like using the the plate and uh going deeper and using it as a portal to talk about important topics on inclusion um and and that really kind of aligns with the values of sociality squared of like being intentional about everything and having a full understanding of the impact of the content whether that's food on a plate or the photo of the food you know what story is it telling about how the food was grown Um, the equity of people who are serving the food, the quality of the food that you're eating, and as a diner or eater, how you're being treated. Um, so it was, it was a really meaningful topic where we got to explore these uh, topics on stage. And we had uh, an amazing panel of Kortia Wilson, who's um, a black woman and a food writer, uh, Nasser Job, uh, who is a Palestinian turn, or Palestinian refugee turned New York City entrepreneur in the food space. And then um, Mona, who came all the way from Kuwait to talk about it. So it was, it was really a, a special panel to be able to get to talk about uh, these important topics.
0: And so what did you learn from, what did you take away? Because I know you brought a lot, but what did you take away from the panel?
1: Uh, that's a good question. There's not one correct answer. And I, one of the reasons I really love panels and being a part of conferences, but also organizing panels, is the process behind it of getting to talk about these important subjects in conversational ways, leading up to what we say on stage. And um, Uh, So yeah, every one of these panels is is a massive learning experience. And through it, I've actually also been super challenged um, by my wonderful friends and mentors. And, you know, with Korsha coming on, uh, you know, the topic, did we want to touch on cultural procreation came up and she said like, oh, so sick about talking about that. I want to talk about, you know, where's the money actually being invested and I was like, okay, it's going to come up as a question from the audience, which it which it did. Um, but then I had another friend. I was like, Helen, you know, when you're talking about all these important subjects, you really need to understand your own whiteness. So that put me on a path down, kind of understanding white fragility, what it means to have white privilege. So I did a lot of work and learning, and still still doing that. Um, but I got to bring that to the stage too. So it's it's been a wonderful experience every every time I do a panel. I learn so much from my fellow panelists. I learn so much doing the work whether it's learning about um you know the latest in AI and how that's going to impact uh, the creative industry to you know these important cultural topics that um are personal and uh yeah, impact everything. Uh, and I, I guess I would also say, you know, it's it's such an evolving space. And we that room was filled with like, I don't know, it seemed like 300 people. And it was mm. so amazing to see so many people just interested in these subjects of like, how can we create a more inclusive world through food? Um, and it's definitely an evolving conversation. And I think one of my biggest takeaways is, we often don't have these conversations because we're scared that we're going to say the wrong thing or step on someone's toes or, you know, offend someone. But I, I think if we all come at it as like with good intentions at uh, doing the work and doing the homework and know that we're going to make mistake, but like not to shy away from, from these, you know, from these topics and these conversations.
0: Right, I think that that's a huge takeaway, and I think very often um you just gave us a glimpse into preparing as a speaker, whether you know you're doing a breakout session or a keynote or being on a panel. I think sometimes people um assume that you just show up for the panel, but actually there's a lot that happens behind the scenes before you step on that stage and sit next to your other co-panelists, right? And the learning process that happens there um, creates the trust that you can have so that you can have those kinds of um, more interesting and almost more vulnerable panel conversations. Uh, What's your thought on that?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I've I've run the panel, so I I have my formula of how uh, the preparation goes into them, and I make sure to have these conversations. So, um, like Korsha can voice, you know, what, what actually is most important to her and have that surface and be on stage. Um, I mean, I, I've been on panels before where you, know, you don't really meet the people until you show up and ask, uh, everyone gets asked the same question and stuff, which those can be equally um, impactful and powerful to you. But, uh, for, for me personally, if I got to choose between the two, um, you know, Similar to this podcast we are kind of talking before, like the, the chance to get to have amazing conversations uh, is always one that I'll, I get excited about and getting to talk to panelists on these subjects um, really in depth, you know, is, I, I really love uh, the opportunity to do that.
0: Right. I think it's just so enriching, right? You have the, you have the opportunity Um, you meet so many interesting people, whether they're clients, they're people at these conferences, you're just out there. And, and people can really follow you and see how engaged you are in the world. So Share with us, you shared, you know, a little bit about some of your career highlights and personal highlights, you know, nine years in launching your company. And Helen and I both were part of a masterclass program called Million Dollar Women. And in that group, we learned, and maybe the stats have changed, Helen, correct me if I'm wrong, that only 27% of businesses are owned by women and only 3% of those ever reach a million dollars. And so Helen and I, I took a lot away from that master class. But to get to nine years is a major accomplishment. So I don't want that to go unnoticed. And clearly, doing something right. But share with us some other highlights in your career and personally.
1: Yeah, sure. Well, thank you. Um, yeah, I just to do a quick comment on the Million Dollar Women's Summit. Uh, it's a great organization that's really focused on empowering you know finan- financial freedom for women through entrepreneurship um and I, I think when I first started my company I was like yeah I can pay my bills <laughs> <laughs> Versus like really you know how how can we uh grow it for uh to create wealth in in a different way um so that was definitely a mind shift for change in mind uh, mindset for me And the Million Dollar Women's Summit was definitely a very encouraging aspect of that. Um, But yeah, I I think I was one of the funnier career highlights is I want to bet with David Kirkpatrick. And for those who don't know who he is, he wrote the book, um, like the biggest book on Facebook called The Facebook Effect. And is one of the prominent uh, journalists on the subject we actually got to do a panel together, together, um, it was kind of on privacy and related to Facebook. And afterwards we grabbed a drink and I want to bet with one of the prominent thinkers on Facebook about a Facebook fact. <laughs> 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 so that was a, a one that wasn't like an official award or anything, but, uh, that was, uh, I, I enjoyed that. Um, but aside from that, let's see. Uh, got award under my belt. Um, got I've been I've been a part of South by Southwest for eleven years, and I've got to be an advisor for it for three years and spoke at it five years. Um, so I that holds a, a special mm-hmm. place in my heart uh, professionally and as far as conferences go. Um, yeah, and I mean, some of our, our client work, uh, one thing I'm super excited about with the new website is really just putting out all a lot of our amazing case studies that we haven't really shared yet. Our clients see it, our, the communities that we've grown, uh, you know, it's it's there, and, but we haven't uh, really done a great job with um, getting our case studies out on a regular basis so um, we can kind of toot our own horns that way. and. Um, so I'm excited to to get some of those other um, great things out into the world uh, with our new website.
0: That's great. Talk a little bit about how hard it is to build a website, even when you even when you have the best in the business that you know and work with on an ongoing basis to create the help create the website.
1: Yeah, it, I mean, it's, um, it's it, I think it was a mantra from this masterclass that we took, you know, don't always work in the business, make sure to make time to work on the business. And it's so easy to put on blinders and, you know, work on client stuff and the day-to-day stuff with like, forgetting to uh, work on growing the business and doing our own social media marketing and uh, content marketing in our case. Um, yeah, so I, I always have to make sure that I'm not always putting sociality squared on the back burner. Um, because it's easy to do, especially in a services industry where clients are very much our lifeblood. Um, but yeah, the the website it's it's kind of like instructions. Definitely taken longer than what we originally anticipated. Um, but I for this, I definitely want uh, wanted to do it right. And when we first launched our original website, it was very uh, very trendy at the time. We were on the early cusp of the one page and scrolling and using illustrations. Uh, and I actually had worked, commissioned that artwork with, a, with an artist I had found. Um, so we wanted to update it and kind of keep the spirit of it, but you know, what's something that's more reflective of the caliber of work that we do now and also just kind of, you know, how can we bring our own story alive in a way that's exciting? Um, so yeah, so it's, it's been a fun process uh, collaborating with this outside agency called No Format. There's going to be a lot of uh, movement into the website, um, which kind of is a nod to stories coming alive and how we help our clients do that. Um, so yeah, it's, it's been a fun process, and but I'm definitely excited to to get it out into the world too.
0: Oh my gosh, I can't wait to see it because I know it'll be beautiful. And I think as, um, to continue all of your creative endeavors, you've also written a children's book yeah. <laughs> as though you're not creative enough, right? <laughs>
1: yeah. I have a lot of, at any given time, I have lots of side projects going, um, and ideas floating around. Uh, but this one, uh, it, it was funny. I wrote a kid's book for my niece, Lucy, and, uh, actually worked with an illustrator to bring it to life it's a very limited print but um I I was like on a plane and the story just came to me so I just jotted it down as it were like on takeoff and kind of tucked it away and then my brother and I were driving between Cincinnati and Tennessee and we had like four or five hours to kill with my niece in the car so I started like telling her the story and then Chris my brother started kind of building on top of it I was like, "Oh, I'll, you know, I'll write this for you," or like, I'll, "I'll type it up for you." And then she kept on asking, like, "Aunt Helen, where's my book? How <laughs> am I going to get my book?" Uh, so I was like, "Oh shoot! I guess I better do this." Uh, but it was so fun, and I think one of the the most fun things about it was I worked so much in a digital space where you know you'll see the work as case studies online, and there's content in the feeds. But it was it was really satisfying to be able to hold and have something tangible and then also something that I got to share and actually read with my niece and see her reaction and um and see that it was meaningful for her so it was it was a really fun project
0: that's great how long did it take you to do start to finish
1: oh that's a good question because um, it, it was definitely like a, a side project I don't know maybe three months working with the with the illustrator kind of going back and forth on the weekends here and there. Um, but yeah, I, it's unfortunately I, not available for sale online. I haven't <laughs> like uh, pulled that trigger yet, but maybe one day I'll release it more uh, widespread.
0: That's awesome. It's just kind of a fun project to do, right? And kind of meaningful because it's for your niece, but maybe you'll share it with the, the, the bigger world at some point. That's awesome. Yeah. So considering the podcast is called indispensable, can you share some of the business truths that have shaped and inspired you?
1: Yeah. Um, I think one thing, my, my mom always said this growing up of just like business is about people. And one thing that we always keep in mind at Sociality Square is behind every screen is a person. And, you know, we, start with our own team, you know, uh, taking care of each other, um, and supporting each other, you know, what we do in our professional lives and then what we do outside of work. And then bringing that same, um, uh, you know, just valuing people to, to everything we do and just being in social media, we, we take a people first approach to, to everything. Um, so I think, you know, always remembering businesses about people uh, is, is something that's interwoven into into everything uh, that we do from our approach to our own team and culture to how we work with clients and their communities.
0: And most of your team, if not all of your team, is virtual, correct? Correct,
1: yes. We are a distributed uh, company. Um, it, it's one of those things where it's – I. Talent does not only exist in New York City <laughs> <laughs> and in these, you know, coast, uh, hot cities, but, and it really does. You know, talent is everywhere, and um, I fully really embrace that. And um, you know, and th- the way that the company is structured, um, people can work from home if they want. If they want to work from co-working spaces, or you know, around the world. We have one writer. Who um, had, uh, uh, she's now working a dream full time job uh, in DC for a nonprofit. But while she worked with us, um, she fully took advantage of the, uh, what is it, the global nomads and worked part one year, like partly out of Spain and split her time from there to, uh, and in Dublin. And it was just one of those things, it's like, as long as you get your work done, um, I don't care where you do it. And that sounds amazing. Like, go live a year in Europe and, you know, be able to work to support that. I think it's awesome.
0: Yeah, it's funny. Just last week, I did a webinar with somebody else who was in Million Dollar Women, who is... is now living a year in Brazil and she's running her online business from Brazil. And, um, she was originally living in Kansas city. So she went from Kansas city and to, and I'm not even sure of the city in Brazil. Um, and we were talking and I said, what prompted that? And she was like, I just wanted to live in Brazil. I love the people. She, um, her online business is English as a second language. And so it, you know, she said, I just needed to immerse myself in the culture. She's like, Nobody actually needs to really know where I am, it doesn't matter. And so, I think so many of us can work in that environment and never miss a beat.
1: Yeah, I, I think it's awesome. Um, I haven't fully embraced it myself as far as working, mm-hmm. living, and working abroad. I do a lot of travel and work while I travel, but I my caveat is. I really do like time off too, and that's something that we take very serious at Socially Squared. Like, if someone's got a day off or a vacation, like that means don't bug them. Um, And to travel without having to think and worry about work is something that um, is very treasured too. And you know, recharging and and all of that. So, right right now, I pretty much base in New York City and try to do the travel. That's the recharging. Um, but who knows, maybe one day I'll do the uh, the nomadic uh, work life too, but uh, mm-hmm. maybe after the 10-year party first.
0: <laughs> so if you had, um, for people who are not as comfortable or who maybe are just exploring this idea of a distributed um, team, what would be... Some tips that you would give them about how to do it well. Mm, that's a good question. Um,
1: I think I mean over communicating is is something that's really great in terms of you 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 do miss visual cues if someone's having a bad day or. Um, you know how they're feeling so having having over communicating and opportunities to communicate um for that I, I think is really important and i mean we we communicate with each other you know slack email emergencies text and you know are over over connected in some ways um and you know i i love you know i work from home as often as i can i love it it's not for everyone By any means. Uh, So, you know, just understanding that if you're passionate about it, uh, there's tons of people who are, but some people really do like uh, the structure of an office and seeing the people that they work with and just being okay with that. Um, And then, one thing that we do at Sociality Squared, and for as much as we are virtually connected and work. Uh, very well in the space Uh, we do once a year have a team retreat where we all get together for that in person we say it's for training and company building which which we do sprinkle in but it's really about just bonding and um, cementing you know our relationships with in person and I'm a believer, as much as I love and support social media, that in person, you, like there's a magic of people coming together in person that you can't replicate online. Um, so it's important that we, we create that for, for the company too.
0: Right. I think that that's a great point, that um, for, for someone who lives in digital, in a digital world like you do, you are very much a people person. And you, you give people a hug when you see them. You're just you're very approachable and create a really good vibe. So I would think that everybody would want to come together and and like that's just everybody at your company that I've ever talked to. I get the same sort of feeling.
1: Oh, well, that's good to hear. Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, being open, I, I think, is maybe one of the truths. Uh, to one of your other questions. Um, and I mean, we, we try to be open for whether it's lifestyle, what, whatever. Um, yeah,
0: I, I appreciate you saying that. Right. So you're a big idea person. So there must be a, a, a business truth around ideas. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: business truth around ideas. Um, I don't know if I have like a good one-liner for business truth around ideas.
0: Um. Well, maybe not. That's okay. Right. That's okay. It's funny because I was just thinking the other day I was um, headed to farmer's market and I was thinking it was kind of a beautiful morning and I'm like, you know what? I'm actually not a, a deep thinker. I'm always thinking, but I'm not a deep thinker and you are always you have, you are much more of a deep thinker than I would ever consider I am and, um, and how you approach ideas. And I think you're always exploring really interesting ideas and, um, and weaving them together. So I think that that's such a great thing. That's why I always love our conversations. So, um, what tools can't you work or live without? Cause you, you certainly use quite a few tools.
1: Yeah. Well, I guess, okay. So i after you said that, which was so, so sweet. Um, one thing I love about panels is the, the process of like how we get to the topics and the importance of conversation. And I think in, in formulating ideas, you know, there's a lot of different ways, but I'm definitely one where if I have an idea, I'll just put it out into the world and get as many different people's feedback as possible and good or bad or even, you know, Question, like questions that I have or entertaining about politics and like do as much research and just use friends and family as like a feedback. So uh, I, I guess that's what I do with ideas. I, I immediately put them out into the world and see if they're good or if I need to evolve on them or if they're just you know, a bad idea, <laughs> and, and uh, I've had a couple bad app ideas that should just be you know put to the wayside. But yeah, I guess I guess that's what I do with ideas: is um, put them out there and see if they take shape or not.
0: Right. So that gives you the ability then to kind of continue, like everything is a little bit fluid, right? I guess so that you can like test an idea or test a tool and m- use it if it works, move on from it if it doesn't. So. It sounds like you kind of hold lightly to some of these things.
1: Yeah, it's definitely, Well, I, I'm an Aquarius, but even in like social media marketing, I mean, the tools are changing constantly. Every day there's a new, you know, update or tactic. So it goes hand in hand in, I guess, social media, media being suitable for, uh, for this type of, I guess, approach. Um, but
0: yeah, well, pretty fluid. I would say that. Yeah. And you must have clients who call because there's so many tools coming out, right? And clients, um, I know in our space that, you know, people will call me they're like, did you hear what LinkedIn's doing today? LinkedIn's going to do this. Like, should we pivot? And I'm like, whoa, whoa. First of all, like, let's explore what that means first, right? Because we could continually just be moving in different directions and never really, implementing the strategy everybody agreed on just a month or two ago and moving that forward. So how do you manage all of these tools being interjected all the time and, and clients learning about them and thinking that that might be the better way to go? How do you kind of manage those expectations and conversations?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I'd like to think that one of the, big reasons why our clients really appreciate us is that we're bring we're usually the ones coming to them with, uh, you know, the latest trends and what we want to experiment with and add into what we're doing and keeping them informed. Uh, cause I mean, we're in the thick of it every day and live and breathe it. And sometimes, you know, we'll miss uh, a new update or, uh, uh, or, you know, have a client tell us about, ask us a question, but for, for the most part, you know, our clients really appreciate that we're the ambassadors for social media marketing and they can rely on us as the experts and to trust us that their brand is in good hands. um, and that we are, you know, bringing new ideas and, you know, some new things to try that makes sense for them, um, whatever their product or whatever platforms or, you know, scope of the project. Um, and then, you know, I appreciate when people come with stuff cause you know, we, we certainly have our ears to the ground, but we, uh, there's so much we miss things too. So if it's something that makes sense, we'll try to figure out how to incorporate it. If not, um, we'll, we're just very upfront about it. As long as we have a reasoning why our, you know, our clients rely on us for that, for which ones to, to try and which ones might not be a good fit for them either.
0: Right. I think it really be, um, having clients that understand, first of all, there's no way on a day-to-day basis to like absorb all of them. Right. And so, you know, there definitely will be pieces that get missed and um, and finding where they might fit sometimes takes a little bit of exploring, but sometimes also takes tabling a little bit depending on what it is, because there's so many roads to, that you could go down that you sometimes can end up going down a rabbit hole and your job is to keep them out of the rabbit holes. <laughs> right? Definitely. And so as you think about 2019, 2020, any trends in social media that you'd like to share that you're kind of, you're excited about and will, um, might pique some interest of our listeners. Yeah.
1: Uh, trends. Yeah. I mean, in terms of like baseline, um, you know, if you're not doing social media marketing, you should definitely be doing it. It's, it's the new website, uh, you know, I think, I think that's pretty commonplace now. In terms of types of content, it's really video, video, video. Um, any type of video incorporated into your strategy is, is important. Um, it's, you know, everyone's moving to mobile, consuming content mobile and having, um, you know, bite-sized content and you can just convey so much with video. It's such a rich medium, um, eye popping visuals. I think one, one trend that's interesting is voice. And, you know, we're on this podcast now, um, and, and seeing how that will play, uh, play out. There's actually a conference, uh, I think I'm speaking at it uh later this summer i think we got partial approval for the panel we're putting together um that's a voice conference of like voice technology and i mean we're seeing that with echo but even with some of the apps uh one trend instead of leaving voicemails is just like recording your voice and sending kind of voice text messages kind of (laughs) so you know how voice will play is kind of interesting um so that's something to pay attention to. And um, and then I think, uh, you know, bots are kind of like the big hot buzzword these days, um, you know, which we pay attention to because that's very much related to social customer service. Um, but, you know, there, there's, in just mentioning these, it's like, uh, you know, down the rabbit hole of, do we do all of these or test one? So I think it's just kind of like looking at, Wherever you're at, you know, what, what is your goal? What's going to make the most impact towards reaching that goal and, uh, you know, within the resources and scope that you have um, in, in trying to filter which, which, one, which trend uh, you should, might, might be able to consider uh, moving forward with. But video is probably the, the easiest um, and most impact if I had to pick one off,
0: not knowing anyone's brands great that's great i think that that i think absolutely spot on you know and um, for people who are listening to start to think about how they can incorporate that kind of content wherever they are whether they're a small business um, or they're an enterprise size and type brand it fits for everybody even a small business can incorporate video into their content strategy and marketing strategy and recruiting strategy too because I think it falls into how to attract really good talent too when you have some video content about your culture
1: yeah absolutely
0: so if you had to do it all again having been in a really a pioneer in social media would you do it all again absolutely yes and how will you when you think about your business, how will you know that you were successful as an entrepreneur and a social media pioneer?
1: Yeah. Um, I, for me, I, I think it's one of those things where I try to – I mean, w- were there things that I'd do different? I'd probably get a good lawyer and a good accountant. Right? <laughs> uh, that, those were some lessons I learned you know, down the line. But um, I, I try to live with, without regrets. And I think for me, you know, success is uh, when I'm much older, with white hair, uh, sitting in a rocking chair and, you know, looking back on my life, uh, you know, just being able to answer a couple questions of uh, did I make an impact, a positive impact? Uh, Did I do everything I could to uh, achieve the goals that I set out to do? And, you know, was I happy? And I think if I can be happy with the answers If that, that, that will be a success for me.
0: I think that's awesome. And I'm quite confident you'll be able to answer positively to all of those because, um, even in this conversation, there's a lot, I hope people will take away from this conversation and find Helen, check out her website. So Helen, what are the best places for people to find you?
1: Yeah, sure. So for, uh, Sociality Squared, our website, socialitysquared.com, and then, you know, you can find all of our social handles from and links there, and then for me personally, um, Helen's Travels on Instagram and Twitter and Helen Todd on LinkedIn, Um, and I'd love to, love to connect with you.
0: Great. Thank you so much for spending time with us today. This has been so great. It's been such a joy having you, and could talk to you all day long, so thanks for being here with us.
1: Yeah, I've enjoyed it. So thank you
0: so much for having me, Colleen. And that's all for Indispensable. Thanks for joining us. We hope to catch you on our next episode. Grab our show notes, review them, check out the links included, and head over to interoadvisory.com to learn more about the work that we do in our community and with our clients.